You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And I was hoping to be joining you today talking about the upcoming Iowa versus Mizzou matchup and talking about hopefully what would have been a win over Minnesota on Christmas Day. Unfortunately, we're joining you and we lost at Minnesota and Mizzou just dropped out of the bowl game. So we're going to be covering all that on today's show. The first two segments, we're going to be talking mostly basketball, though. The good, the bad, the ugly, why you should be concerned, and why you shouldn't be concerned about this Iowa basketball team. I know I saw a lot of hot takes on Twitter. I know people wanted to fire Fram. This team is terrible, etc., etc. I'm here to tell you, it's not all bad. This isn't the end of the world, y'all. There's still a lot more basketball left to be played. I'm also here to tell you, though... There are a few things that we should be concerned about. We're going to be breaking down the game in segment number one and then getting to the, is this the end of the world for the Iowa basketball team or not? Spoiler alert, it isn't. And then on segment number three, we're going to be breaking down what is next and why what Mizzou did was a little bit ridiculous. That's all coming up on the show today. If you love the show, make sure to give us that five-star review and follow us wherever you find us at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe wherever you download this podcast at. Again, y'all, let's get back into it. Iowa lost to Minnesota, and not a good loss, right? No one expected this to happen. Iowa was projected to win, according to Kempom, despite the fact they were going to be on the road. But again, they lost, and that is unfortunate. Um, it's, a, it's a fact of the matter in the Big Ten. Going on the road in the Big Ten is never easy. And I think that's a very important let's, – let's reiterate that. Going on the road in the Big Ten is never easy. Now – why people are frustrated, I 100% understand. This game was frustrating to watch, especially that last little sequence, all right? I mean, I, I was watching it too thinking, there's no way we lose this game. We just, there's no way we possibly lose this game. And yet, we lost the game. So, I, I understand, y'all. I get I get it why people are upset. I understand. But let's talk a little bit more about it, okay? So, let's talk about, let's go with the bad, the ugly, and then we'll get into the good. Because I think it's important to always end on some positive notes here, right? So, Iowa loses 102 to 95 in overtime, and it wasn't great. The defense in the second half was an issue. It was, without a doubt, a liability. Um, I thought Iowa played great defense early on in the first half. Um, they came out with a lot of energy, and I thought, wow, you know, the, the shots aren't falling, but this team's going to figure stuff out because their defense is going well, and they're eventually going to start hitting some of these shots. And then we get to the second half. Iowa has a lead, right? Iowa gets into the second half. They're up, you know, they're down five points. They go on a run there. They're up five points, but they can't. Get, they can't really build off of that. Largely, the guy I believe was seven points, eight points at any point in time. But they couldn't. They couldn't build off that. So you know, kudos to Minnesota for hanging in there. But again, some of the bad, the free throws. Iowa needs to do a better job shooting free throws. That is a fact of the matter. Um, especially in crunch time. Now, overall, it wasn't a bad free throw performance per se. Um, 71%, not great, but not bad. Um, but when you look at how they missed some of those free throws, that's where I think it becomes frustrating. So I went to the line 38 times. 27 free throws they made out of those 38, 71%. Again, not the worst they've shot this year. They've had outings of 53%, 71%, 66%, 57%. So this, you know, for a team that shoots deep, 
so well, you would expect them to be able to shoot free throws a little bit better. And they just haven't been able to capitalize. But I think where people get the most frustrated with the free throws is the fact that Iowa missed a few free throws down the stretch. Uh, Specifically, when you look at it, Joe Toussaint missed two free throws with 14 seconds left to give Iowa a five-point lead. That's a big deal. TJ Frederick at 37 seconds left misses two free throws to give Iowa an eight-point lead. They had a six-point lead, 81-75 at 30 seconds, 37 seconds left. CJ Frederick misses both his free throws. All right, Joe Toussaint goes to the line at 27 seconds, makes his free throws. That's a big deal. But two for six in the final 37 seconds. You make one of those, you win this game. One of those. One of those four, you win those game. Those are by two of our guards. So I understand free throws are a concern. Three-point shooting, it has not gotten going. Each game, we saw you and you guys, North Carolina, Iowa did a great job of shooting threes. We, you know, across the board, most of the team was hot. But since then, they haven't done that well. Uh, this game, if you take out CJ Frederick, Iowa shot 20% from three. And, you know, the usual suspects are there for as far as who's not hitting their shots. It's Jordan Bohannon. That's the guy who's been struggling the most to find his shot so far. And if you look at it in this game, one of seven. 14%. You need better production from a guy who's, you know, the all-time leading three-point shooter in Iowa history. You need a guy, you, you need to do better. You need better from him if you want to win these games. That's why you have them have him in these games because he's the kind of guy who can come in and win you a game by shooting threes, but he's not shooting confidently right now, and you need him to do better. I thought the post defense against Liam Robbins, the Drake transfer, was also not very great. Liam Robbins was not known as a defensive or an offensive guru. That's not his forte. Believe me, I'm a Drake grad originally, and I have watched a lot of Drake basketball. Liam Robbins, not an offensive genius. He's a fantastic defensive player, and I thought he did pretty well against you know Luka Garza, all things considered, but not a big-time shooter. He scored 14 points in the Missouri Valley Conference last year, uh, shot 53%. In this game, 18 points. 18 points against Iowa, um, shot pretty darn well from the field as well. 5 of 10, um, 1 of 2 from 3 for 18 points, had 5 rebounds. So I think Iowa needs to do better in the post guarding some of these guys. The the, the talent there is going to get harder. It's going to get more difficult. It's going to get better. So we need to do a little better job there. Not the worst thing. Just wanted to point that out as something that went wrong. Um, and then Jack Nungy has just really struggled shooting the ball from deep as of this entire season, really. Um, we've, saw, we've seen some good games from Jack. But we've also seen a lot of inconsistent performances. And I think when you are 6'11", 245 pounds, and you're not able to hit a shot from behind the arc, maybe take it down low. Maybe be more of a presence down low. That's my thoughts. I, I think you need to start stop taking so many three-point shots. He's made three of 20. Two of those came against Western Illinois, had 18 points in that game. A fantastic first game back. Obviously, um, very unfortunate circumstances for him. But... Since then, he's made one three-point shot. North Carolina, he shot five times. Iowa State shot twice. Northern Illinois, twice. Gonzaga, twice. Purdue, four times. Minnesota, once. Man, you got to get put your back to the basket. Shoot a little better closer, you know, closer to the basket. And that also might help you get some more rebounds. You know, he's done, done pretty solid. Iowa State, 10 rebounds. Northern Illinois, eight. Gonzaga, eight. He did a really good job against Gonzaga. I want to make sure we call that out, but... Five against Purdue, two against Minnesota. You're six for eleven, two hundred forty-five pounds. You're the, you know, you're the biggest guy on this team. You need to be able to get down there and get some boards. Now the ugly, and this isn't going to be a, a pretty, you know, pretty segment. We're going to get to the the good at the end, and probably on segment number two. But the ugly game management is bad. 
the substitution patterns are just not great. And that's one of the things I actually called out coming into this season. I was worried about Fran McCaffrey and how he's going to handle having so much talent. But what I'm finding is he's struggling to put the right combo of guys on the court at any given time. And the offense subsequently stalls out because of it. So um, it'll be interesting to see if he can continue to learn from that. Um, I also thought the defensive schematics as of late was, was not great. Uh, the fact that they weren't fouling. You know, Marcus Carr at the end of the game, make him shoot two free throws. Get the ball back in your hand as opposed to letting him shoot an open, you know, shooting a three-point shot. Granted, it wasn't easy. It wasn't just a give me three-pointer, but you don't want to let him shoot that three-point shot. So to me, that was concern. Letting a transfer go off on us was also a huge concern. And that gets back to defensive schematics. They talked about it post-game. Iowa said we need to do a better job of, you know, adjusting and stopping that hot shooter. Yeah, you think? I agree. I mean, Come on now. Brandon Johnson had himself a career day against the Hawks. Just went off against them. Hasn't been shooting the three that well until he got to play Iowa. And just had a fantastic, kudos to him, eight of nine from behind the, the arc. Brandon Johnson, a forward, uh, six foot eight, did a, did a great job. Um, in, in his career, hasn't been the best three-point shooter. At Western Michigan in 2016, shot 0.5 three-point shots a game. The next year, 0.9. The following year, 2.1. The most he had hit it was 33%. Against us, he shot you know, out of the roof. You need to do a better job of stopping him. And what I realized, I was playing a 2-3 predominantly at the end of the game, and they were trying to trap that guy with the ball, but they were leaving him wide open. I don't know how you don't make that adjustment. If you're Fran McCaffrey, you have to make that adjustment. You have to make that adjustment. Otherwise, you're going to continue to lose. Especially when you, we've seen this happen time and time again, other games where defenders or, you know, the opposing team gets hot. A guy we're not expecting gets hot. We saw it against Ohio State. We saw it against Nebraska. A guy gets hot and Iowa doesn't do anything to stop them. That needs to change. That was one of the ugly things. And then finally, the officiating I thought was not consistent at all. I never want to blame the officiating or I try to avoid that as much as possible. But when it's so inconsistent as it was in the game, you have to call it out as something that was not good. It was very inconsistent. It was, and you know, you talk about hack a shack back in the, the late nineties, early two thousands, it was hack a Garza. Uh, he was getting hacked every single time he was down there. The officiating was terrible in my opinion, but coming up on segment number two, we're going to get into the good. What went right for Iowa? What did I appreciate? What did I like? And then also, why isn't this the end of the world? But also, why should we be a little bit concerned? That is all coming up on segment number two. Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered and only one place that I trust to make all of my sports bets. That is betonline.ag, especially right now. There is so much going on. We got the end of the NFL regular season. We got NBA starting up. NHL is coming on in less than three weeks. We got college football bowl season with games changing every single day. The Music City Bowl is canceled. There's so many things happening right now. There's so many ways to put a little bit of extra cash in your pocket. That's why I go to betonline.ag. Right now, sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code of LOCKEDON and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And do not forget to use that promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Betting on your team doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks and quick hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast at. 
And believe me, I've made a lot of money just betting on what Lee's telling me to bet on. I obviously do my own bets as well, but I found it to be a little bit more successful when I listen to Lee before I make my bets on any given day. So check out Locked on Bets. Let's get into the good, though, about this Iowa basketball game because there was some good. I mean, it's not all bad. It's not all terribleness. There's a lot of good things to take away from this game. First and foremost, I have really liked Joe Toussaint and how he's provided a spark for this team. It's just, we haven't seen that at the point guard position. And what he does, what he brings, is a unique element that Iowa doesn't have. And when he's playing in control, you can take the good with the bad. You can take the bad with the good, I should say. Because there's going to be some bad. He plays a little bit out of control sometimes. But if he can play just mildly in control, he can make so many plays. He's one of the only guys who can get to the rim regardless of who's on him. And when he gets to the rim and defenses collapse, it opens up opportunities for our shooters to make their threes. And with open space around them, with no one around them. So I do like seeing Joe Toussaint provide a spark. As to what I think the guard rotation situation should be, I'm going to let it play out a few more games. I looked at, you know, Jordan Bohannon and how he performed two years ago, and it wasn't great. He started off the season pretty slow. He wasn't the best shooter on the team. He got going later on, but he started off pretty slow in that 20. 18, 2019 season, I'm thinking he's going to get it back at some point. And then when you have him shooting three so well, you want Jordan Bohannon on the floor. But right now, while he's struggling to get his shot going, you kind of need to balance that letting him shoot while also having that, that energy from Joe Toussaint, who provides a lot more in other aspects of the game. I also thought Joe Wieskamp was fantastic on the glass. Um, been really impressed with him and how he's been in, getting involved on the rebound inside of the ball. Um, you know, he, we know he's a great shooter. We know he can, he can score. But what we're finding is that he's also getting involved in so many other aspects of the game. And I love to see that from, you know, a Joe Wieskamp. And so looking at it from this game, nine rebounds. Um, he had second highest rebound total for Iowa in that game. And that's a huge reason why Iowa was doing so well early on. They had, a, I mean, they were, they were honestly doing great. Uh, when you look at it, considering they weren't playing the best offense, they were doing a great job of making the most of every opportunity. They were, I think there's there's a stat I saw. They were leading the second chance opportunities 24 to 4, something like that, which is something we saw against Gonzaga was just not the case. So Joe Wieskamp being involved in the glass was fantastic to see. I also thought we did a great job defensively in the first half. I actually thought we looked really great. And then obviously we started we started seeing a little bit of the defensive meltdown that we saw towards the end of the second half. But I thought defensively Iowa played really well that first half. If they can put it together for an entire game, this could be a really good defensive team. A sp- relatively speaking, for Fran McCaffrey. Now, again, people are upset. People are saying Fran McCaffrey should be fired. I don't agree with that. You do look, though, Iowa was up to 61-62 defensive adjusted efficiency rating prior to Minnesota. They're now down to 91. That goes to show you how bad that second half was and how bad overtime was for Iowa. But defense, there's part skill and there's part effort, and I'd like to see that effort continue throughout the game. I can live I can live with someone hitting three-point shots if they're contested every single time, but they're not. And Iowa needs to do a better job of that. They need to do a better job of making in-game adjustments, as I talked about. But again, good. They've shown the ability. They can play good defense. We saw it against Purdue. They now get the opportunity tomorrow night against Northwestern to take them on. Northwestern, that is a – Northwestern's doing well. They're looking real good right now coming into, you know, the Big Ten season. They're one of the only undefeated teams – in the Big Ten, which is why I'm going to get into why this isn't the end of the world and why we should be concerned. And I'll get to the why we should be concerned first. The fact that Iowa blew a seven-point lead with 20 or 33 seconds left is despicable. That's not okay. There's no way to cut it. You do not lose those games. Good teams do not lose those games. All right? 
I'll say it again. Good teams do not lose those games. If you want to be a great team, you also need to not lose those games. Iowa is not there yet. They're working on it. They have the pieces to be a good team and a great team even. But you cannot blow a seven-point lead on the road against an inferior opponent like Minnesota. Minnesota is not a bad team, but they are not the Iowa Hawkeyes talent-wise. In-game adjustments. We talked about it with the, the bad and the ugly. You need to do better making in-game adjustments. And that was another concern. That When you look at why some people said Iowa's overrated coming into this season, and we all scoffed and said, no, they're not. It was because of Fran. People were concerned about that Fran fade. And just in general, some of the adjustment Fran makes. Now, that being said, Fran's also the one who got us here. And I'll get to that in a second. But Fran's also the one that got us here. So let's not just jump in that. There are things that he needs to fix, as does any coach. No coach is perfect. But the in-game adjustments have got to get better. We cannot continue to get burned by a random shooter every other game in the Big Ten. That's what happened in the past years. When that happens, Iowa just doesn't seem to have a plan of attack for that. And he needs to do a better job of handling that. But that is a reason to be concerned. And then Jordan Bohannon, he is a very talented guard. He can shoot the lights out of the gym. But he has really struggled so far this season. That is an area of concern for me. When is he going to get back on? I think he's going to, but when? And when is Iowa going to start shooting the ball a little bit better as well? We've seen it from one player each game kind of holding Iowa in, but the rest of the shooters aren't really doing well in those games. Usually one guy is kind of carrying the team. It was Luka Garza, CJ Frederick. We need Joe Wieskamp. We need, we need a couple of those guys to be hitting these shots. That's what we expected coming into the season from the offensive side of the ball. Now, why this isn't the end of the world? This is important here. Listen up, because there's a lot to play for. The season is not over. The Big Ten season is young. This is the best conference, hands down, top to bottom, in the entire country. The only team that should not be an should not be a a tough win on any given night is Nebraska. That's the only team. Maybe Penn State, but Nebraska is the only team that's not a tough win. Shouldn't be, at least. We saw it last year. They, they did well against us, but shouldn't be a tough win. This conference is, is darn good. Now, there's only three teams in this entire conference that have, are actually currently undefeated. That's Northwestern. What a shocker. We get Northwestern now. Michigan and Wisconsin. We play these teams. Let's go. Iowa can beat these guys. They can beat all three of these teams. And we get a chance at Northwestern tomorrow night. So, the season is not over. You had to expect coming in this year, even Ken Palm, they were looking at, you know, just based off of the adjusted efficiency metrics, Ken Palm had Iowa only losing two games the entire season when you look at it on a game-by-game -game basis. But when you look at it from their overall record, Ken Palm had Iowa losing four to five games. In the Big Ten, you can expect to lose between four and six games and win the Big Ten. That's what happened last year. The season's not over, y'all. There's a lot of games to be played yet, and this is a good wake-up call. We lost to an okay Minnesota team. That's not going to look that bad in the NCAA tournament picture. But now we get Northwestern, Rutgers, Maryland, Minnesota, Michigan State, Northwestern, Indiana, Nebraska. And then we get into the meat of our schedule. Rutgers is going to be a tough game. We get them on the road, but these are all winnable games. There's an opportunity here for Iowa to go 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. On an eight-game winning streak before they get to Illinois. But it starts with Northwestern. They need to realize they've struggled. They need to realize what has been a struggle for them. They need to pick it up. And they need to play better. But it's just, this is not the end of the season, y'all. The shooting is going to get back to the norm at some point. We're going to see two or three guys step up consistently each game. We have too many three-point shooters to only have one guy consistently hitting threes on any given, in any given game. So Iowa's going to get better. They are going to do better. 
And I expect that from them. And so this the season's not over. There's plenty of season to play. And it starts with Northwestern tomorrow night. I expect Iowa to come out hungry and motivated. They're playing Northwestern at Carver. And Northwestern, you know, they had a, a chip on their shoulder. They came in the season. No one expected them to do well. They're 3-0. and They've knocked off some good teams. I expect Iowa to, to look at this as a prove-it game. They need to get back on track. They had an opportunity to win a game in Minnesota, and they blew it. No other way to put it. They absolutely blew the game in Minnesota. They need to do better now against Northwestern. So I think they're going to get back on track. We'll talk more about that game tomorrow, though. Coming up on segment number three, we've got to get to the news of the hour because uh, the Music City Bowl just got canceled. So let's talk about that coming up on segment number three. Before we get into that, though, it has been quite a day. I've been working on the house. I've been doing some yard work. been watching football, recording this episode, trying to have a Hawkeye Nation. Sometimes I just need a little bit of a snack because I didn't have I didn't have time to eat lunch today, which is why I grabbed myself a Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and it is not only incredibly delicious for you, it's great for you health wise as well. The Built Bar comes in 18 amazing flavors, 12 OG, six new flavors. And there's also some seasonal flavors coming out every once in a while as well. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and they're easy to chew. And again, let's get back to the health because the flavor is delicious. Believe me. These are the best tasting protein bars I've ever had, and I've tried quite a bit. You see all those very enticing protein bars. Try this cookies and cream. Try this basically mint brownie chocolate, whatever. And they taste terrible, but that's not Built Bar. Not only does Built Bar have those flavors and they taste fantastic, they're healthy for you. One of my favorite flavors is cookies and cream, actually. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs. It's what you need in a snack, and it also it satisfies that that delicious kind of chocolatey craving you need while also giving you the health benefit as well. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And I know... It's kind of an interesting you know, situation we're going into. The Music City Bowl is canceled. I had a lot of content planned for you to talk about Iowa versus Missouri. That's not happening. So, what's coming up next? Well, we're going to figure that out. But we will have shows tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. Tomorrow, we will be previewing the Iowa versus Northwestern game. Wednesday, we'll be breaking down that game and how it went down. We'll be giving you a few kind of end-of-season highlights, looking to maybe get a special guest on as well to wrap up kind of the Iowa season talk. And we're going to have a lot of guys declaring for the draft, so we'll make sure we're covering that as well right here on the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. But let's get into segment number three of this daily Hawkeyes podcast, breaking down all the news notes you need to know. So let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. The Music City Bowl is canceled. It is not happening. Um, This kind of all spiraled out of control pretty quickly. Iowa went back to practice yesterday. They were ready to play. They kept all of their players in Iowa City and said, if you want to go to the game, basically, if you want to play, we need you to stay here. These kids missed their families. They missed the holidays to be able to play in this game. Missouri sent their students home. They sent their players home. And then all of a sudden they have a spike. They're tracing this spike back to the game against Mississippi State a couple weeks ago. But I'm sorry. You're testing every single day or most every day, I'm assuming. How did you not realize this? How did you not know that you were going to be a struggle to get in there? I don't know. This this all seems I know we're in a weird time with COVID and whatnot, but this seems a little bit fishy to me. Right? I mean, this seems a little bit concerning to me. The fact that Missouri was able to just cancel all of a sudden. They sent their players home. To me, that's garbage. I I think that's complete garbage that that all went down the way it did. And Iowa now is the one who is unable to play again because of it. They 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 prepared for Minnesota for Michigan. They've now prepared for Missouri, and they have nothing to show for it. But we're gonna focus on the good 
coming up the you know rest of this week. Iowa did finish the game on a six-game winning streak, went six and two to finish the season. Yeah, we're not getting the Music City Bowl, but it's not the end of the world. Um, but again, I just want to reiterate that I think it's ridiculous that Iowa cannot play because Missouri didn't handle their crap well. I don't have any doubt they might have some coronavirus issues in the program, but the fact of the matter stands that they decided to send their players home over the holidays. They didn't even try to maybe keep them around and, and keep them you know, a little bit safe or not expose them to other players. And if they had coronavirus issues that they already knew about, they should have already been talking about that. Why is it coming up on Sunday? Why is Iowa finding out via Twitter? That's unacceptable. But... You know, it is what it is. I was not playing this game. And also, we found out that Brandon Smith is officially declaring for the NFL draft. Um, really excited to see what his future holds. The, there's going to be a place for him in the NFL, without a doubt. Because that dude is a phenomenal jump ball catcher. He can go over anyone. It'll be really interesting, though, to see how he runs. Because that's going to be a huge factor for him. We didn't see the speed as much because we you know, typically focus on Amir Smith-Marset. But Brandon Smith is a guy that we're going to want to be on the lookout for um, when it comes to draft preparation and also seeing if he gets some invites to some of the postseason games and seeing how he runs um, when given that opportunity. But again, the breaking news, Iowa is not playing in the Music City Bowl because it has been canceled. Missouri kind of struggling with their coronavirus issues. Iowa seemed like they were doing well. They were practicing, ready to go. Um, we saw, you know, pictures of Spencer Petras, Chauncey Golson, Davian Nixon. But this is it. So we're going to start seeing a few of these guys start to declare for the NFL draft. That's all going to come probably pretty quickly. Um, I expect to hear from Davian Nixon and Tyler Linderbaum as well over the next week to two weeks. Um, but that will do it for our show. Um, I don't want to get too much more into it until we get even more news notes on it. But again, that wraps up the Iowa football season. Let's turn our attention to Iowa basketball and the NFL draft for some of these Iowa football players who are looking to make a career for themselves. That will do it for our third and our final segment, ultimately our Monday morning show of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I appreciate you all tuning in to today's episode. Have a fantastic Monday, and let's go Hawks.